We are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? There is so much to get into today. It was the NBA trade deadline. We are going to break all of the moves that happened today for you. We also have an amazing interview with Andy Kamenetsky, the host of the Lando Lakers podcast. We are going to bring that to you at the end of the show. It was amazing, so check that out. If you're a new listener, please follow us on Twitter, at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Webb, are you ready to break down the entire trade deadline for the NBA? I've been ready. As you know, today was very, very stressful. I think, and this isn't an underestimation, that you sent 100 text messages to our group chat today. Was it only 100? A group chat, you have said, I'm quitting, Coop. It's toxic. Yeah, today was just a little bit of an exception. You're pathetic. (laughs) Let's get right to it. The biggest trade of the day, in my opinion, was Vucevic and Al Farika Minu from Orlando being traded to Chicago for Wendell Carter, Otto Porter Jr., and two first-round picks. Webb, who won this deal and who lost this deal? So this there's a clear winner and loser, in my opinion. Chicago won this deal and Orlando lost this deal. Um, in my opinion, Chicago got... Nick Vucevic, two guys, sorry, one guy that you and I both love, uh, spread the floor, big man, very good scorer, very solid, double-double every night. He can get you 23 and 11 every night. Um, Chicago gets that in their front court now to add to Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen. They didn't have to give up Laurie Markkinen. They didn't have to give up Kobe White. Um, they didn't have to give up Pat Williams. They also got Afruk Aminu, who's very serviceable. Uh, the Magic, I think, for Vucevic, you should have gotten more than this. I'm not a huge fan of Otto Porter, but the league seems to love him. Not a huge fan of Wendell Carter Jr., but he's still very young. And um, it's going to be a theme today. I'd rather take a proven player over a future prospect in a draft pick all day. So I agree with you. I like what Chicago did much more than what Orlando did. I think I've said this for two or three years. I think Vucevic is the most underrated player in basketball. He performs every night. He's become a really excellent three-point shooter for a big man. Excellent rebounder. Can score with his back to the basket a little bit. I don't understand why Orlando did what they did for so little return. Wendell Carter was the number seven pick, the seventh pick in the draft, I think, two years ago. Kevin Clark from the Ringer, a basketball analyst I respect. Had him as the number one player that year. So the upside is there. And it's possible Chicago is just a dumpster fire that could not develop talent. But I'm not sure how many more big men Orlando needs to not play well, ba- good, not play good basketball. They have all of them. They have all the high draft picks that don't turn out well at center and power forward. What is their process here? I don't understand what they're trying to build. They have Jonathan Isaac, who's hurt. Mo Baba, who doesn't really play. And now Wendell Carter, I don't know what they're building. I don't know what they're building either. Um, I'm not too – I mean, I saw some tweets today that um, some people were a little impressed or or, um, enamored with the the young talent that Orlando would have now in uh, Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Chuma, 
Otto Porter, assuming Otto Porter does not get bought out. But I just don't care for these teams that have this like bubbling young talent if it's not going to turn into wins. I don't get what the Magic are doing. Um, it seemed like today was just a fire sale. I don't, I don't like what they're doing at all. Uh, this team's going to get worse. I didn't think it was possible that they're going to get much worse, but I think the worst is to come. And I can't see any free agents signing here. It's just going to be a dumpster fire. I don't think free agents were signing there anyway, but I, I really agree it's terrible. I do like some of the players, though. Like I like Markel Fultz. Jonathan Isaac is kind of interesting. Wendell Carter could be interesting. But I don't know if the magic are the place that these people are going to grow and get better. They they developed Markel Fultz. They did a decent job of him until he got hurt. But besides him, have players gotten better in Orlando? Have young talent like ro- risen up? I, they have not. They keep drafting these guys that do not play for them. It's ridiculous. Yeah, a good example is uh, Victor Oladipo, who played there for a little bit. He wasn't drafted by Orlando, but... Uh, the moment he left, I went to Indiana. Very different player. Um, I genuinely not, forgot he played there. By the way, I totally forgot that part of my life. Yeah, and, and and that's and that's proof right there. Um, he was very good in Indiana, and he was good. He was good at Indiana, uh, his college, and also on the Pacers. And um, when he was in Orlando, he was eh, forgettable, like you said. But I don't get what Orlando's doing. I love what Chicago did. Shocked the hell out of me. That they were this aggressive today. Good job. I will say really quick, uh, Otto Porter Jr., I read something today that they are expected to not buy him out. So apparently he's going to be on the Magic for the rest of the year. Good for them. Uh, I'm not an Otto Porter Jr. fan. I think he had a few stints of games where he was good, but eh, I'm not going to bank my uh, future on this guy. In fact, we should give Chicago some credit because I love them getting Vooch. Uh, Markinen cannot stay healthy. He is He's always hurt. Vooch is a proven big man. The Bulls are in 10th place right now in the East, but they're only like three games back. They could be in the eighth seed very quickly. Four till eight, they're one game apart. They could be the five, the three seed, sorry, the four seed in like six games. It's definitely possible they could do that. That's how good this team could be if Vooch is what I think he is. 100%. Fourth seed right now in Chicago, that's one game above 500. You're telling me Chicago can't best that? Of course they can. Um, Miami, you know, is going to have something to say about it. They're in the fifth play, in, in fifth spot, but I can definitely see Chicago being the fifth seed. Sixth yeah. seed at worst, I would say. I think Chicago's coming, and I really like what they're doing. Yeah. It'll be fun. Okay, the next trade-up I want to talk about. The Raptors traded Norman Powell to Portland. They got back Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Norman Powell was an expiring contract. So for the Raptors to get this back, I thought was excellent. Gary Trent Jr. is a player that I like quite a bit. On a show a few weeks ago, you said that he was their third best guard in Portland. I agree. Rodney Hood is serviceable. He's not great, but he's okay. And just for an expiring contract, this was a great return for Toronto. So I like it for both teams. I think I actually like it for Portland a little better. Because uh, Gary Trent Jr. is a heat check player. I think he's one of the best... uh, uh, role players in the league. He can get really hot from outside. It's a lot of energy. Um, and he's really integral to Portland's uh, success. You know, obviously aside from uh, Dame and, and CJ. But he filled in nicely for CJ. Rodney Hood, I always thought, 
never really lived up to his potential. Um, decent player, played for a big school, Duke, and kind of moved around the league a little bit. But I love Norman Powell. I love the idea of him, CJ McCollum, and Dan Lillard on the court at the same time. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, Rocco, Robert Covington has been a, a disappointment this year. And um, Nurkic missed most of the season, although he's coming back on Friday. Um, I love this. I think Norman Powell just brings a different element than uh, Gary Trent does. Obviously, he's not the outside shooter that Gary Trent is, but he he has improved tremendously with the outside shot. He um, he was a real scoring threat for the Raps, uh, especially when um, when Siakam and, and and Fred Van Vliet were were out with uh, doing the health and safety protocol. Um, and I think it's going to be a nice a nice addition to um, the Blazers, especially with, you know, Mello maybe at the four, Nurkic at the five. It's going to be interesting. Some good fire, sorry, some firepower for the Blazers. So I like the deal for the Blazers too. I was just saying that Toronto, I like the return because Powell was leaving in a year and Trent's going to be here for a couple more years. But I agree with you. This makes the Blazers really interesting because Powell, I think is the number three, three point shooter in the league this year. He has really improved his shot. I think Portland is going to be impossible to defend with the guards. I don't know how you stop Dame, McCollum, and Powell. No one has guys that can guard all three of them. It's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. And and, and not to mention Powell's athleticism that he brings too, right? He can get to the basket. He has hang time. He's he's agile. I like him. I, I've liked him since, since college, and I think he's really blossomed over the last couple of years. So kudos to, to them. I think this is a good trade for both sides. Everyone wins this deal. Yep. The next move, Denver has acquired Aaron Gordon from Orlando for Gary Harris Jr. Or Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick. <laughs> a lot of juniors. <laughs> a lot of juniors. I love this move for Denver. I have been... I think Aaron Gordon's only fan. I'm kind of off the bandwagon, but I have been rooting for Mini Blake Jr. for a long time. He has not performed like I wanted him to, but he's still a great defender. I think as the number four scoring option in Denver, we're going to see him play much better. I think this makes Denver a legitimate Western Conference Finals team now, and I love the move. I do not like it for Orlando. I think it was terrible. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I I... I... I actually don't mind it for Orlando because I'm not a huge Aaron Gordon guy. Um, I was more of a fan of his dunking ability. Never really been an Aaron Gordon fan. I don't know if this really is the move I like for Denver to take them to the next level. I agree with you. He's a he's a good defender. Um, and sometimes he can shoot every now and again. I just don't think... He He's that great of a player, very athletic, energetic, but I'm not that high in it. Uh, I don't know if I would have given up a first round pick for Aaron Gordon, but you know what? Like it's a 2025 first round pick. It's years down the line. It may not be that big of a deal. Um, I'm just not that bullish on it. I thought it was meh. So for me, Gary Harris is a guy that just, is he going to play on the team next season? I'm not sure he is. No. No, exactly. Probably not. RJ Hampton was a first round pick, I think, last year, right? Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, there's no. Orlando has so many young guys that how are all of them going to get minutes and develop? Like, I just don't understand what they're doing. 
It doesn't oh, make they, sense to me. Yeah. I don't think they know what they're doing. I and I love Gary Harris coming out of Michigan State. I was a big fan. Uh, he just can't stay healthy, and he's not very consistent. He doesn't really bring much to the team. Like if you look at him and and Jamal Murray, like Jamal Murray's been way better than Gary Harris. Um, and I don't know if he's gonna play next year. He ha- he's barely played on Denver like his entire career. R.J. Hampton, man, I feel really bad for this guy. Like he he was a huge prospect coming out of high school, and now he's on his second team in his first year in the league. Um, that really sucks. But I hope he does get a chance to shine in Orlando. He should get a little. He should get some 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 flexibility uh, during this last stretch of the season. It's Young players need veterans to play with them to teach them how to play. You have five rookies playing together or five young guys, the team is not going to succeed. You need like three veterans, two young guys, four veterans, one young guy. Orlando doesn't have that. They have nothing. Orlando's <laughs> plan is garbage. And I am furious at them making me watch their games. I do not like yeah. it. I do not like it at all. I don't I agree with you. Aaron Gordon, like what they got back for him is fine. I just don't think they understand what they got back for him. That's why I don't like it. RJ Hampton could be interesting. I liked him coming out of the draft. I think he played in Australia last year. It could be interesting. It's just, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing either. And I think the plan was just to really free up space um, for, for next year. It's just interesting because they're not going to sign a lot of guys. And whoever they trade for next year, probably not going to want to stay there. Like even Aaron Gordon wanted to leave. That's how sad this is. Let's move on to a team that I think actually did a good job today. The Miami Heat acquired Victor Oladipo from Houston. Miami got back, sorry, Miami gave Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and a pick swap. Do you like this move for either team, Webb? I love it for Miami. I love it for Miami. Don't like it at all for Houston. I thought Houston got worse. Very trash move. So I love it from Miami as well, like I said. I have been a huge Victor Oladipo guy for a long time. I think with this trade, he's going to stop being hurt every other day now. He's going to start playing for Miami. Jimmy Butler will not allow players to take nights off. He's not that kind of guy. You either go hard or you get the hell off the court. Jimmy Butler is a maniac. I think he's exactly what Victor Oladipo needs. I think Victor Oladipo could legitimately be the number two scorer on this team. Very easily. And be very successful in that role. Really? I I love I love it. I I watched him in Indiana, um, and he's great. He's fearless. It's kind of been a problem why he hasn't been healthy. Um, very confident, good defender. Still relatively young, late twenties. Um, but I think the the big takeaway for for me from this was Pat Riley's you know gonna do what he's gonna do, and he's always gonna orchestrate uh, you know a way of making the team improve, even though they're already doing well, because they've won like a good portion of the, the, the last like 12 games or so. Um, but Houston, like what the hell are these guys doing? They gave J- James Harden, really, and got back what? Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, Dante Exum, uh, Rodion's Karuks, late first round pick and swaps. And they turned down getting Ben Simmons and flipped Karis LeVert. Didn't want Jared Allen. I don't understand, like, what – this is this is terrible, man. Well, I had Houston in my losers of the day for that exact reason. 
all the stuff they didn't that they lost they traded James Harden and got nothing back. It's maybe the worst deal of the decade besides the first time James Harden got traded to Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think this this and the Pau Gasol Kwame Brown trade that people are always referring to as like the worst trade ever. I think this this is bad, man. This is in that in that vein like it's it's really bad. Like, Especially since Houston's owner apparently is the guy that killed the Ben Simmons deal because he did not want to make a deal with Daryl Morey. So yeah, it makes him even look pettier and stupid because their team is going to be way worse now. At least if you had Ben Simmons, he's under contract for four more years, I think, or three more years. They had something to build around. They have nothing now. I don't get it. It makes no sense. And there were even rumors of a, a John Wall buyout, but they, they, they squashed that really quickly. Um, but the fact that that was even coming about, like, it's bad. Like, look, like I was thinking about it like a year and a half ago. Houston was trying to contend for an NBA championship with Russ and uh, and and Harden <clears throat> and Mike D'Antoni. Daryl Morey was the GM. And like a year and a half later, look at this team: John Wall, Christian Wood, PJ Tucker's not even there anymore. It's it's really bad. I do kind of like Christian Wood, though, to be fair. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but look at how the team changed. Like, we went from Russ and James Harden to John Wall, who nobody wants, and Christian Wood, who's who's been good. But he's going to want out soon, I'm sure. It's a gigantic dumpster fire in Houston. And I think it's the owner's fault. He has put everyone in positions to lose. And good people are going to get fired because he's incompetent at his job as owning the team. He's not good at it. And and I feel really sorry for Steven Silas because he might get fired or he might look like a bad coach because of this ineptitude in the in the, in the front office and the, the ownership, uh, mostly the ownership. And I know when we used to, like everyone used to make fun of the Knicks and the Wizards, but like Definitely, I think Houston is bottom of the bottom right now. I would not want to be there if I was a player. I agree. I would not want to be close to them. They are a dumpster fire. And I really hope this gets fixed. And I agree with you about Steven Silas because it's not his fault the team is the way it is. And I do not think he will get blamed because I think the rest of the league sees what Houston is doing. And there's no way it's his fault. There's absolutely no way. It's impossible. He is, yeah. he is a good coach who came up the right way. His dad was a coach. It's not his fault, and I think he will get a second chance. Yeah, yeah. I just – I agree with you. Uh, you know, it, it, it's painstakingly obvious that Steven Silas is doing the best that he could. He just really – it was really just the wrong time for him, man. And he just got a raw deal. He took over as, as the coach, and then Russ wanted out. Harden wanted out. P.J. Tucker wanted out. Then it had the the weird interaction with Boogie. Boogie's gone. Like it's just it's it's the worst team in, in the NBA. Like it's the worst run team in the NBA. I think the Knicks were the laughing stock of the league, and then they got Tibbs. Uh, they got Leon Rose, and they're what the fifth, the, the sixth seed right now in the East with an yep. All Star and Julius Randle. Um, things change, man, really quickly. Let's move to the next deal up. The Clippers have traded Lou Williams to Atlanta. So the Clippers gave up Lou Williams and two second round picks plus cash 
to Atlanta for Rajon Rondo. Rondo was a Laker favorite last season. Integral in the Lakers winning that title. He played lockdown defense. Was an amazing three-point shooter for some reason. <laughs> it made no sense. I think he's exactly what the Clippers need. What do you think about this deal? So I agree with you on everything that you said. Like I love Rondo as a Laker fan. Like He saved us so many times last year. Can't thank Rondo enough. And playoff Rondo that you may see on Twitter or hear about in uh, basketball circles, it's a real thing. Rondo turns on something during the playoffs. Different guy. Um, I like that the Clippers got Rondo. I like that for them. I just thought they paid a sort of a steep price. Uh, Rondo brings something very different than what Lou Williams can bring. Rondo has the IQ, uh, great passer, experience, all that stuff. Lou Williams, professional scorer. So very different what they bring. Um, but also giving up like the second round picks in cash, I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I think I like the deal a little bit better for Atlanta, to be honest. I think second round picks don't really matter that much, so I have no problem giving those away. I don't get why Atlanta actually did this. I think they have enough scoring. I mean, Rondo wasn't doing much in that team, but it's really crowded for scoring spots on that team right now. So I'm not sure how many minutes Lou's going to actually get. Plus, is it possible he just retires and starts eating at Magic City five times a week? Is that going to happen? <laughs> yeah, he, I, I think Lou's going to be very comfortable in Atlanta. But I also think they acquired, the Hawks acquired two guys, Baby Bogey and, and uh, Gallo. Who can't stay healthy? I think this is good insurance on that. Um, those guys can't stay healthy. So although there's a lot of scoring there, uh, you can't guarantee that they're going to be there in the playoffs. Gallo misses like 50 games a year. And Bogey just... It's not that he gets hurt a lot, but he had the injury issues earlier this season where he missed most of it. So I think it's good insurance. And I think Lou Williams is a professional scorer who can just create his own shot. Really scores at will, and I, I like it. I, I I don't think Rondo was getting that many minutes where getting rid of him was detrimental to the Hawks. I like it for so I, long story short, I like it for both teams. Um, I just thought the Clippers gave up a little bit, um, but yeah, it's fine. What's the over under on weight Lou Williams gains in the first three weeks? I say oh. seventeen pounds. <laughs> I'll take the under, but not not the hard under. So, did you see the tweet from Buffalo Wild Wings today? No. Buffalo Wild Wings tweeted out to Lou Williams, Hey, congratulations, uh, you get free lemon pepper wings if you stop step in the store. And Magic City Grill responded, Bro, you should delete this tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Way to go, Lou Williams. What a brand. It really is. Okay, let's move on to the next deal. Dallas gets J.J. Redick and Nicolo Melli from New Orleans for James Johnson, Wes Iwundu, and a 2021 second-round pick. I love J.J. Redick, and unsurprisingly, I like this deal a lot for Dallas. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I like it for Dallas. J.J. is, if Lou Williams is a professional scorer, J.J. is a professional shooter. Uh, literally off-screens, that guy, all you need him to do is literally play maybe 20, 25 minutes and he'll be effective. Um veteran he's in his mid-30s no-nonsense kind of guy like i i like the professionalism that he brings to the team you don't have to worry about him going to get wings um but <laughs> and, and 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 he's gonna give the mavs what they need uh which is outside shooting like i think every team can improve with outside shooting 
it's not the Magic's, it's not the Mavericks' biggest need because they have Tim Hardaway Jr., um, who, who does a good job, and, and KP, but <clears throat> I think this, this will really help them. Uh, and Nicolo Melli's been, been solid. Uh, for New Orleans, eh, James Johnson's solid, but eh. That's basically, so for J.J. Redick, I think when Dallas traded Seth Curry, they did not realize what a hole they were creating on this team. I think J.J. Redick can fill a part of that hole. I agree. They they really need that help. For New Orleans, I agree. It's James Johnson's kind of meh. Yeah, I just don't really care about their return. But J.J. wasn't playing at all, really, so it makes sense to get something for him that they maybe could use later. I, I, it's good, great for Dallas. It's okay for New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Orlando is on the clock again. They've traded Evan Fournier to the Celtics for two second-round picks. Evan Fournier is a guy that I thought was way older than he is. I think he's kind of good, so I'd like the move for the Celtics. Yeah, I like. So we're talking about it in the group chat today, and I like the deal for the Celtics because they gave up next to nothing. They had a trade exception, so it could absorb. Um, it could absorb that, and they, and they wouldn't have to give up a lot. Uh, they gave up two second-round picks, which are eh, whatever. Um, but Evan Fournier was averaging like almost 20 points a game. And I think he's he's a really good scorer. Um, I don't think he's a guy that you want as like a second option or anything like that. But I think he can really give this team the perimeter shooting that they need um, and really helps them with their depth. It's not Boston's biggest need. Boston needs more of a presence inside. So that's why I didn't like the deal because Boston didn't do something else to uh, to fill that hole inside. They're very undersized. And and yeah, so so that was a little strike against the deal for me because this, is, this was the biggest thing that they did all day. I agree. They needed an inside presence, and they actually traded away at Daniel Tice later, so they have even less yeah. big bodies inside. But Fournier is good. He is. And if he's your sixth man or seventh man when Tatum and Brown are on the bench, he can still deliver buckets for you. And they got him for nothing, so it's great. Yeah, that's why that's why I can't hate the deal. They didn't give up any players. They gave up second-round picks. Like you said, their value is kind of whatever. And and he's been good. Yeah. Okay. There was a three-way deal involving the Knicks, Oklahoma City, and the 76ers. The Sixers get George Hill. The Thunder get Austin Rivers and Tony Bradley. And the Knicks gets Terrence Ferguson. What do you think here, Webb? Uh, Philly, I like George Hill. I think he's underrated, very savvy. I don't care much about it for the Knicks. I watched Brad Zegas uh, in college, but whatever. That's not a big deal. Uh, OKC, I like Tony Bradley, but I don't care. And and Austin Rivers is is he's he's sporadic. Um, he can be a good heat point heat check guy. But for OKC, I don't care at all what they're doing. I think, and I've said it before, like I don't care about the stockpiling of picks. I think OKC has 34 picks over the next little bit. Um, next, seven, next seven years, they have 17 first-round picks and 17 second-round picks. That means absolutely positively nothing to me. I do not care how many first-round picks or second-round picks you have. This is not the NFL. This is the NBA. We had... Seven teams win in the last 11 years <clears throat> from 2020 to sorry 20, 2010 to 2020, 11 seasons, and seven teams won. And those teams were powerhouse teams for the most part. They weren't built on stockpiling picks. All stars. 
stupid. I agree. I agree 100%. It, this stupid trend of stockpiling, hoarding assets in the form of draft picks <clears throat> means nothing. OKC is a dumpster fire. They're really good at, they're not, unlike Orlando, they're really good at scouting talent. They will draft well. They will develop players. But those players will not stay. Those players will leave in free agency or they will get traded. I don't give one iota at all of a, of a care for, for what OKC is doing because they're not going to win a championship. This is just ridiculous in stockpiling the picks and everyone's getting excited. And OKC is going to be really good. The best OKC was was when they had Harden, Russ, KD, Ibaka, and they still didn't win. And that was 10 years ago. This team's not doing anything but just hoarding picks. And it's not going to materialize into any sort of championship success. So screw what they're doing. Don't like it. Uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander is really good. I hope they can build around him. But I think you said earlier how long before he asked for a trade. And I agree. I'm not sure he's there for the long term either with what they're doing. He's not going to be there. All all those guys are out. Like kudos to Sam Presti who can really scout talent and really um, really orchestrate a, a great trade in or in favor of the Thunder. But man, like even if this team is good with SGA, they're going to be just a, a playoff fodder. They're going to be out in the first round or second round, you know, in a couple of years, and that's going to be the height. That's going to be their ceiling, and they're just going to keep hoarding picks. And do that. They can have 45 picks, 40 first round picks. I don't care. Until I see it actually materialize into uh, playoff success, I don't care about this. Stars win the win the games in, in the NBA. Very true. Next deal up is the Miami Heat get Nemanja Bijalika. I wow. butchered that first name. Bijalica. For Mo Harkless and Chris Silver from Sacramento. <laughs> do you like this deal? Yeah, I like it. I like it for both teams. I mean, they didn't give up a lot. Mo Harkless can definitely shoot the ball. He didn't get much play on Miami. Uh, but we saw him in Portland. He was very effective a couple years ago. Uh, so I like it for the Kings. Um, and I don't mind it for the Heat. Bielitsa was solid. I don't know how much he's going to play, but he's a solid player there, and they didn't give up much. I agree. There's a few more deals I want to talk about, and then we will move on to some winners or losers. Denver gets JaVale McGee from Cleveland for Isaiah Hartenstein and two protected second-round picks. JaVale McGee was on the Lakers last year and helped your team win a title. Do you love JaVale McGee still, Webb? Or have you soured on him because you were unloyal? No, I like I like JaVale. Uh, so JaVale was in Denver for a while, and um, he goes back home in a sense. So I like it. Um, Denver gets some front-court depth. They were very thin. Um so and, and Javale also has a championship experience. So is is this going to be the move that puts them over the top? No, I don't think so. But I think it's I think it's solid, and they didn't give up much. If you can tell me what Isaiah Hartenstein looks like, man, <laughs> I'll buy you lunch. White. <laughs> All right, good guess. I'll take a burrito, thank you. <laughs> All right, the next deal up: Detroit added Corey Joseph and two and got two second round picks from Sacramento for Delon Wright. Uh, I could care less about this deal. Delon Wright has really underwhelmed me this year, and Corey Joseph hasn't been good since he was a Raptor. Yeah, I don't care about either of these deals. I don't mind it for the Kings just to get some depth um, in the backcourt, but it's not going to do anything to help Sacramento get to the eighth seed. Pistons 
I don't know. He, Corey Joseph re- reunites with uh, Dwayne Casey. Yeah. Uh, that was the last deal I had. Are there any other ones you want to talk about, Webb? I think we covered all the major ones. Uh, yeah, you mentioned this one before. Chicago got Daniel Tice uh, from Boston, and Boston for some reason wanted Mo Wagner. Uh, I love it for Chicago. I love it for Chicago. Celtics don't care about that at all. So the full um, deal, it's, it's a three-way deal. The Wizards, Celtics, and Bulls are involved. The Wizards got Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. Celtics yes. got Luke Cornett and Mo Wagner. And the Bulls got Daniel Tice, Javante Green, Troy Brown Jr., and cast considerations from the Celtics and Wizards. That's the full deal. Yes, yeah, so I love it. For, I love. I like Troy Brown actually. Um, Daniel Gafford wasn't bad, so I don't. I don't mind it for the Wiz, uh, but I love it for the Bulls. A um, couple other small deals, really. Uh, Utah got Matt Thomas, who I actually liked on Toronto. He's probably not going to play much, but he gives them gives them some perimeter shooting. And they also got Terrence Davis, who we'll see if he plays. I doubt he does. Yeah. Um, and San Antonio got Mar- Marquise Chris, which I really liked from Golden State. Marquise Chris was the number five or six pick, I believe, what five years ago, and he has done absolutely nothing in the NBA. That's correct by Phoenix. Uh, well, he wasn't bad on Golden. He wasn't, yeah, by Phoenix. He he wasn't bad on Golden State. So I I like it for the Spurs. Of course you do. Of course you do. So on the rundown, I have Orlando and Houston as topics. But we both killed Orlando and Houston. Do you want to kill them some more, Webb? Yes. <laughs> Who's up first, Orlando or Houston? Who's catching these bullets? Uh, Say the best for last. Let's go Orlando first. Okay, so Orlando is in 14th place in the East. They are 15 and 29 and got demonstrably worse today. I do not understand their plan. Do you know who's going to be their starting five now? Do you have any idea what it's going to be? Mm. Well, I don't know if Cole Anthony's coming back. Uh, so I think it'll probably be Michael Carter-Williams, Terrence Ross. Oh, God. Uh, Chuma. Chuma. Kiki, Otto, Otto Porter. And Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. Terrence Ross has NBA experience. Do any, does anyone else there have NBA experience? Uh, I guess Wendell Carter. Uh, Mike, Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, but he's kind of there because Cole Anthony's hurt. He's not supposed to be there. Yeah. It's not the plan. And Markel Fultz is also supposed to be there. Like this, t- It's going to be terrible to watch these guys. And oh, I'm going to hate it. It's going to be so bad. It'll be bad. I just... Orlando... I don't even know if they're going to get better because the picks they have aren't great. And when they have good picks, they waste them. Like, is Mo Bamba ever going to get minutes there? I don't. They took him. Was it sixth? And he doesn't play. He's supposed to be the next Rudy Gobert and he cannot get on the court. Um. Well, I don't mind. <clears throat> I don't mind Mo Bamba coming off the bench. I think he will play. They have to play him. He was a top six pick uh, two years ago. They have to play him. And, uh, and, and he was very good at Texas, too. So it's not like he's this unknown commodity. Um, he should play, and he should get minutes. Like this time is when they should be playing Mobamba, and Chuma, and and uh, and and uh, RJ Hampton. This is when they should be trying to see what they have with these guys. They should, but they're a dumpster fire, so they won't. To be honest, I think I'd rather I'd rather play for the Magic than the Rockets. I'm gonna be honest. I'd rather live in Texas than Florida, so I'm going to pass on that one. All right. Yeah. Florida is way too interesting for me to live there. To not do it. All right. Interesting is a code word for – yeah, exactly. I don't want – I want nothing to do with Florida. Nothing. 
Fair point. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Houston is up next, and somehow they are more dysfunctional. How is that possible? How, uh, how does Houston be this bad on like? I don't think it was on purpose. I think they thought they were going to be okay, and everything fell apart around them. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's probably the ownership change that they made a couple years ago because this team was doing very well. Daryl Murray was there. Um, MDA, Mike D'Antoni was there, and Harden was flourishing, and he got whatever the hell he wanted. And they brought in Chris Paul. They brought in uh, Russell Westbrook, and... um, team just fell apart in the last 18 months or so and uh it's been really really bad i do not want to go anywhere near this team john wall and christian wood are the leaders of this team i'm i i wouldn't be surprised if Aaron, sorry eric gordon asked for a trade over the summer or something um they have kevin porter jr now who is a head case like i don't know what the hell this team is doing they have all the juniors. They have Kevin Porter Jr., KJ Martin Jr., Daniel Daniel House Jr. They have three juniors. How is that? How do they have so many juniors? That's insane to me. Yeah, and Daniel House, another problem during the bubble. So they just have some interesting characters that they have there. I feel really sorry for Steven Silas. He should just automatically get immunity for like five years. Like just. Not no one should be able to fire him or do anything to him for five years as long as he's in Houston. He's definitely getting fired, but he does not deserve it. But like they could have had Karis Levert, who is a good NBA player, and not take not done this whole Victor Oladipo thing, and they didn't do it. I do not like Karis Levert has a reasonable number for the next two seasons, I believe. And instead of doing that, they're like, you know what? Better Kelly Olynyk. Like this is so stupid. Yeah. And while Kelly Olenek is a decent player, he's not someone I would trade for ever. And yeah, I just don't understand what they're doing. You could have had Ben Simmons. Like the Celtics were interested in Harden. Philly was interested in Harden. It's 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 just bad. Like and, and, and other teams as well. Um obviously the Nets. I feel kinda of bad right now because I actually do like Kelly Olenek. I think he's a very good player. He's from Scarborough. I, I like that very much. <laughs> he was great in a finals game. I think he had 30 in a finals game. He can play. He is a good player. He's just not James Harden. Like, that's all. I mean, that's an understatement. I, just, I also think he's not Victor Oladipo. Like, I wouldn't... I think Kelly Olenek is fine. And he can he can be a heat check player, too. Very solid uh, stretch. But... I'm not trading for him. Like, I, I can't trade think of a him. scenario. I would trade him. I think he's a good player. I just I wouldn't make this deal for him because this deal was stupid. I think he's yeah. if he's your sixth or if he's your seventh man, you're probably a really good team. Okay. You're a hater. No, what he's fine. No, he's you're fine. a hater. You're a hater. We both know what you hate and it's disgusting. He's fine. People with long hair, you're prejudiced. <laughs> Let's move on to some deals that did not happen that could have happened. And one in particular that I think is just mwah, pitch perfect. Kyle Lowry was not traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. That's right, everybody. Webb was wrong. Kyle Lowry was not traded to the Los Angeles Lakers today. Miami and Philly were also in consideration. But Masai Ujiri pulled out of all the deals. He did not get what he wanted back. 
Apparently from Miami, they were reluctant to trade Tyler Harrow, and the Lakers would not give Taylor Horton Tucker. Webb, you were very upset by this. I just yeah. want to laugh at you for a little while. You can you can talk for a bit, but I want to laugh at you some more. Yeah, I was um I was all in. I wanted Kyle Lowry really badly. I wanted Lowry, LeBron, AD. I wanted that and Kuz. I wanted it. Um and you know Lakers were dangling dangling uh you know Schroeder, KCP, but THT Taylor Horton Tucker was the was going to be the one to tip the scales and. I don't know how much of it is true, but apparently Lakers didn't want to give up THT and the Heat didn't want to give up Tyler Hero. I feel like there's a little bit more to it than that. I feel like Messiah wanted those guys and something else. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I'm disappointed, but I do think that the Lakers will be active in the the buyout market. So I'm I'm okay. I'm waiting to see what happens. I think I don't think the Lowry deal would have been as aggressively um aggressively uh negotiated if not for the injury to lebron and ad like i think that obviously made the next and lebron's supposed to be out for the next four to six weeks um it's making that very sort of uh urgent so i'm disappointed yes i love lowry um great guy very much so want him on a team um, but Lowry also wanted to get an extension for a couple of years as well. So I think that also had uh, Rob Polinka a little bit hesitant. I think the Lakers needed Kyle Lowry. Rondo's gone. Kyle Lowry has played in big finals games. He's a very good defender. He can do some things. And Dennis Schroeder cannot play defense very well and has almost no playoff experience. I think the Lakers are going to miss that. I think if you're the Lakers, you give up THT. If it means a title, you give him up. So, so Schroeder is actually not a bad defender. He's obviously nowhere near Lowry. He doesn't have the size or like the actual defensive uh, IQ, but he's not a bad defender. But uh, Schroeder, uh, sorry, Lowry is. Uh, he just does so many things that don't come up on a stat sheet. Um, and obviously, he can shoot the ball really well and takes charges and just dies for loose balls. And he's just a tough, tough player. And uh, like you said, he has the the veteran uh, experience, the finals experience, and uh, he's played in you know in Toronto for a long time. And uh, I would have loved to have him come to the Lakers. But tough break, bro. Yeah. Tough break. Another guy not traded that I thought could be moved was Laurie Markkinen. Uh, I like him, but he's always hurt. Any other guys that you thought would get moved today? I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge. Sorry, Lamarcus Aldridge didn't get moved. Andre Drummond didn't get moved. Any other surprising ones to you? Yeah, so another player that I thought was going to get moved, Lonzo Ball. I was very convinced that New Orleans was going to trade him. I thought he was going to go to Miami. Um, when I heard that Miami was making other moves after the whole Lowry thing fell apart, I thought Lonzo was going to go to Miami. Uh, and then there was the rumor that he was going to Denver. Uh, I was surprised that Harrison Barnes did not get moved or someone from the Kings. Um, some of the guys that you mentioned, Andre Drummond. I'm surprised that no one traded for him. Uh, let me think if there's anyone else. Oh, Kelly Oubre. I thought for sure Kelly Oubre was going to get moved. I've been saying that for the last few weeks that I thought he was going to get traded, but I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know if the Warriors wanted more for him than other teams wanted to give up. So, yeah. 
think that's I think that's about it. Okay, so the buyout market, like you just talked about, I think uh, Aldridge, Lamarcus Aldridge already got bought out. He paid back San Antonio $7.25 million. Jabari Parker, the former number two overall pick, was released today. And Andre Drummond apparently is a, is likely to be bought out very soon. So I think the Lakers could improve by getting some of these guys to help their team. What do you think about these guys? Yeah, I think for sure if Lakers are going to get one of those guys, it has to be Andre Drummond and not Aldridge. Aldridge is too brittle and he's older and he's not the rebounding beast that Drummond is. More of a mid-range guy, smooth, finesse kind of guy. I think Lakers needed someone who has a high motor who's going to crash the glass. Um, Lakers have been getting beaten up on the boards lately. Obviously, AD's out and Marcus has been out, but Marcus is coming back tonight. Um, so, yeah, I think the Lakers should definitely go after Drummond. I think a lot of teams will. Uh, Aldridge, I think Boston. I think Boston's going to get Drummond. I'm not going to lie. I think I think it'll be the Lakers or the Raptors or the Clippers, to be honest. Yeah, I, I just think Boston has the biggest need where he can showcase himself to get a big contract again. Yeah, maybe. But I just I don't know. I don't know what Drummond's thinking is if if he wants to win and get a big contract, um, or if he wants to uh, just get a big contract because it's probably more of a showcase if he goes to the Lakers and starts. I think I think even if he goes to the Celtics, I think the Lakers would be the the biggest headlines for him just because it's the Lakers. Yeah, but the Lakers are trash, right? So no one wants to go to L.A. and live in nice sunny California. <laughs> You're a funny guy. I know. Um, I think I think Al Horford's probably going to get bought out. I don't think it makes sense for him to stay on the team and he's not really playing. And and maybe even Danny Green. Danny Green is still good. I don't know why they would buy him out. He's still good. Well, he was apparently going to get traded. I saw reports saying that uh, he was informed that he should get ready to be get, to be getting traded. So, um, I don't know. Okay, Rob, let's move on to our winners and losers of the day. Give me your first winner, please. Uh, first winner of the day to me will be Chicago Bulls. So, I, I had them as a winner as well. I agree with you. They're a huge winner on the day. Yeah, they really improved. They didn't give up much. Um, they're already a bubble playoff team, and they have a star in, in Zach Levine. I love Zach Levine. And like you said, marketing can't, can't uh, stay healthy. I think this was a fantastic uh, uh, move or set of moves that they made, getting Vooch, Al-Farouk Aminu, Tice, like I, and, and, and giving up next to nothing, I think. Honestly, I agree. I this team does not play good defense. I think their defense is actually might be worse now. But I think <laughs> offensively, this team can score with anybody almost. Like this team is going to be really fun to watch. I predict a lot of like one forty to one thirty six games. Yeah, that would, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I can't wait to watch them. So my first winner is Denver. I love Aaron Gordon. I'm the last guy. I think. His defensive prowess is exactly what Denver needs to play beside Jokic. They need someone that can play defense. He steps in very well. Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to be a good defender, but he really hasn't been yet. I think this gives them a fourth option. If Porter is not playing well, he could even be the third guy. I love what Denver's doing. I think it's really smart for them. Yeah, I um, I think Michael Porter Jr. is just... I think scouts and GMs will just want him to be... be the best player ever in NBA history. Like, the way they talk about Michael Porter Jr., and he was really good at Missouri, but damn, like, 
he's good. And he showed a lot of flash in the bubble and he's been he's been good this season. But he's not the guy, he's not there yet. He's not a star. Like I think GM sometimes and 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 journalists want certain players to be really good, but they're not at that level yet. So um yeah, that Denver is definitely a winner because the team improved. Um, I think I like another team's uh, move better than them, but uh, you probably have them as a Who's your next winner? Miami. They're my next winner as well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you probably have them on your list too. Uh, Miami didn't give up much. They got Victor Oladipo, who was fantastic player up to a couple years ago when he uh, tore his, his uh, quad. Um, fantastic. It's going to be fun to watch him on the court with uh, Jimmy Buckets, Bam Adebayo. It's going to be fun. And Duncan Robinson. It's going to be fun. I agree with all of that. I think it's a really smart move. Oladipo can do a lot of things. I think he'll be motivated to play again, which I think will really help him. Yeah. Do you have any more winners, Webb? I want to get the losers so bad. <laughs> Uh, Portland. Yeah, Portland did I, a good job, too. I like what Portland did. I talked about it already, but yeah, Portland. So, so my last winner is the LA Clippers, just because the Lakers did nothing, and that's good for Clippers. Thanks for that. No problem. Who is your first loser? Is it no Houston? Because it should be Houston. It's 100% Houston. <laughs> it literally says, my list says, losers, A, Houston. So to be fair, my first team was the Lakers. But I knew yours was going to be Houston, so I said Houston first as well. Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a team player. Thanks for that. Yeah. Houston traded James Harden for future picks and Kelly Olenek. <laughs> These idiots. <laughs> Don't forget Avery Bradley, Coop. No, the league forgot Avery Bradley, okay? I'm not the only one. <laughs> he didn't. And, and, and speaking of the Lakers, he wasn't even a part of the Lakers championship bubble success there. Like, he... He was great during the season, but uh, he he opted he opted out of returning uh, due to his son, which was very you know obviously honorable and noble uh, for him not to come back during the bubble. But um, yeah, I think people have forgotten about him a lot ever since he got tr- got traded from Boston. I don't think people re- I don't think people really remembered him. He was good on the Celtics teams, but yeah, he's just he's a fine player. He's just not anything special. That's all. He doesn't he doesn't make you remember him really. Yeah, great defender, though. Yeah. Okay, so my first loser is the Lakers. They needed to make a move to get through these next few weeks, and they did nothing. Teams got better in their conference. They failed. Superstar general manager Rob Palenka doesn't have Magic Johnson pulling the strings anymore. So oh he's just God. a failure. I mean, I'm not, a- saying the, I'm not saying the Lakers should fire Rob Palenka, but I think he would look good in Clippers, Clippers uniform. I think that would work better. Listeners, don't re- don't listen to this ridiculous person. Um, <laughs> the Lakers are the champions. They made great moves in the offseason. Getting Schroeder, Trez. I was going to say Wes Matthews, but no, I can't say that with a straight face because Wes Matthews has been terrible. And uh, Marcus Gasol. And the team was really good until AD went down. And then even still, when AD went down, LeBron was playing well. AD and LeBron are both out. Uh, Marcus Gasol has missed like the last nine games or ten games, I can't remember, uh, with the, the COVID protocol. So until someone dethrones the Lakers, I don't think the Lakers 
are in a bad position because other teams got better because the Lakers are still really good when healthy. Um, you know who else were the reigning champions, Webb? Virginia. What happened to them recently? That was two years ago that they were champions. There they were the no... reigning champs for two years, exactly. They reigned longer than the Lakers did. <laughs> they reigned longer, knocked right out, just like the Lakers will, because they're pathetic. The fact that they couldn't even get anybody, Palenka, this magic man you're always talking about, it couldn't is. do anything. One of the top execs in the league. Um, yeah, I think he's a fantastic uh Fantastic executive, and wait until the buyout market happens. When when the Lakers get Lakers get Andre Drummond, it'll all work out. Hey, hey, this is my loser segment. This isn't your defend the Lakers segment, okay? <laughs> Stop it, okay? This is ridiculous. This is the loser segment. Tell me your next loser, or shut up, okay? This is ridiculous. This oh, isn't Lord. defend Palenka. This is me insult Palenka while you take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have the Celtics as the next losers. Really? Yeah, and. Okay. It's not that them getting Evan Fournier was bad or made them worse. It's that they didn't capitalize on getting, like you said, like a Drummond or a player to to uh, bring that inside presence to crash boards to be someone who um, they can put in the middle and give them some size, who can defend Embiid, you know, someone like that. They don't have that. Uh, who can defend Giannis. Potentially, they don't have that, so um, that's why they're one of my losers. Um, yeah, the Celtics didn't really get much better today, and they look like they could be a first-round exit potentially if they make it at all. I think they will. Yeah, they hit with COVID pretty hard, but I like the four-day move. But I think they, like you, they needed to do something else as well. I agree with you. Uh, my next loser is Orlando. By the way, we've talked about them at nauseum today, but I just hate everything they're doing. And I want to like them, but they just make it so hard. So they're a gigantic loser for me today. Yeah, and they um they don't do enough. Sorry, they didn't get enough for a, a, an all-star player like Vooch. thought they got ripped off, to be honest. I agree. Do you have I, any more losers? Yeah, I, th- I talked about that. I'm not going to go into too much detail. OKC, no one signing in that, that city. Uh, they're stockpiling all these picks, and it's not going to turn into anything. Boo. <laughs> that was what, that was a pathetic boo, by the way. That was terrible. Yeah, they don't even deserve an energetic boo. Fair. Okay. So let's get to our interview with Andy Kamenetsky right now. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at CamBrothers, with a K. Download his podcast, the Land of Lakers podcast, by the Kamenetsky brothers. Kamenetsky brothers, sorry. Him and his brother Brian. It's the number one Lakers podcast in the world. A great all-around basketball podcast. You have to be following this guy. He does excellent work. Yeah, and just as a, as a caveat, uh, we recorded this interview with Andy Kamenetsky uh, on Wednesday, March 24th. So it was the day before the trade deadline. Good addition, Web. So here is Andy Kamenetsky at Cam Brothers on Twitter. We have Andy Kamenetsky. Uh, he co-host the Land of Lakers podcast with his brother Brian and he also has a podcast called the Late Night Happy Hour in addition to contributing to the Athletic he was also a writer for ESPN, LA Times he was on the radio he's done a whole host of things thank you so much for joining the show Andy absolutely, thank you guys for having me alright so we know you're a basketball guy 
um, very much have a pulse for what's going on in the NBA and with the Lakers. Tomorrow's a very important day. So the trade deadline, wondering if um, you had any insight into you know, teams that you think will be aggressive uh, and if you think it will be a, a, an active deadline. I mean, it's 24 hours or less than 24 hours to go. We haven't had much any movement at all. Uh, the general expectation is that it's not going to be that active of a deadline just because the play-in, and this is the first year we've ever had a play-in in the NBA that was designed that way from the beginning. Last year's was sort of a byproduct of the stoppage with the pandemic. It's made it so a lot of teams, you know, they're not necessarily looking to sell off pieces because they still could be in contention for that nine or 10 seed and then potentially get back into the playoff picture. So there aren't a lot of teams that I, I think could really look at their situation and say, we definitely have to be selling. And then on top of it, you know, there are a lot of teams that have already traded away first round draft picks, you know, a lot of them for the future, including, by the way, the Lakers. And that elimination of draft uh, capital also makes it uh, difficult for a lot of teams to get into the mix. So while I don't think it's impossible that there could be, you know, a couple pretty big names moving, there's obviously a lot of eyes on Kyle Lowry in Toronto. I, I don't think it's going to be a blockbuster type uh, trade deadline, which, by the way, my saying this guarantees we're going to see a ton of action. I mean, that, that's pretty much the way it works. I think it's going to be slow too. I think the buyout market's going to be stronger. Yeah. We are both, we're both in Toronto. So we care about Kyle Lowry quite a bit. Do you have any idea where he's going to go? It seems like he's either going to end up, um, staying in Toronto or going to Miami or Philly because all indications, and I think this is great, are that the Raptors, you know, they value that relationship that they have with Kyle Lowry. They value what he means to the organization. So they want to make sure that if they move him, they're not, you know, sending him off to the NBA version of Siberia. Like, you know, they want they want to make sure it's somewhere that he wants to be that gives him an opportunity to not just contend, but be in a place where his bird rights would matter. And and also too to make sure that they are, you know, working with arguably the greatest raptor in franchise history in, in a way that, you know, is reflective of that relationship. So I, I, my expectation, and you know, obviously, I'm, I'm not somebody locked into, uh, you know, the the comings and goings of the Raptors organization. I'm not deep inside that by any stretch. But reading the tea leaves, it seems like it's either going to be staying in Toronto, going to Philly, going to Miami. Okay. All right. So that's, I guess, that's the way that Kyle Lowry can either say, I think he's going to stay as well in Toronto. I just don't think they're going to do that to him. Uh, Siberia esque or not um i just think they'd rather have a send-off for him where he can you know maybe even retire with the raptors or well it sounds or, like he plans to do if nothing else like a one-day retirement you know to make sure that he officially leaves the nba as a as a member of the raptors mm-hmm. which you know again which would be awesome he is arguably the greatest raptor in franchise history you know he may be the most popular and and he's awesome. I I'm a big Kyle Lowry guy in general. So I I and I think like it's not exactly the same comparison. But if you look at like the way Oklahoma City and Chris Paul handled that situation, both when he arrived and when he ended up leaving, like I think it was really a tribute to the power of cooperation and collaboration, and everybody looking to get on the same page 
both in terms of what Chris Paul did while he was with the Thunder and then figuring out the best way that would move him in a manner that benefited you know both parties. And I think it's something that a lot of teams around the, organi- uh, around the league can look at and learn from. Again, it's not apples to apples because – you know, Lowry has been more than just a, you know, a temporary player for this franchise. But I, I do think it's something that can serve as an example. And the interesting part was Chris Paul made it no secret that he wanted to play for a contender while yeah. he was in OKC. Yeah. And look, he he managed to make that team, you know, in the playoff mix. He managed to put them in, in that space when nobody thought it was possible at the time. People thought he was going to be unhappy being there. You know, I, I've talked a little bit with you know, people familiar with what was going on with him. And by all accounts, he was impressed by the way the organization handled his arrival, the way, you know, it, the Thunder are an extremely, extremely well-run organization. And he was happy there. I mean, you know, he obviously wanted to go somewhere that wasn't rebuilding like the Thunder is now, but I think he was very impressed with the way he did things. And I think the Thunder was very impressed with the way that he led that team and helped make them a lot better than anybody expected. So you and Webb are both follow the Lakers very closely. In a tough loss last night, they're dealing with LeBron and Anthony Davis being injured. How do you see the next three weeks going for the Lakers? Tough. Tough? <laughs> I mean, look, a lot of this is going to depend on when Anthony Davis gets back. And, you know, the, the latest evaluation should be coming Friday of this week, as is my understanding. And it's it's hard to know exactly how much of a revving up process they think is going to be necessary before he's eventually on the court and whether or not the period we're in now is part of that revving up process. You know, it's just it's it's been especially difficult during this period where you're not around the you know, you're not around the players, you're not in person. And, you know, that changes the amount of sort of like access and understanding that you have. But you know, being without also Mark Gasol they basically don't have their front court. And you saw that in the, in the recent loss they had against the Pelicans. They were just overwhelmed by size, among other issues that they had. So you know, depending on when AD is back, depending on when Marc Gasol eventually has his conditioning up to a place where the organization is confident, and then whatever happens with LeBron, it could be some tough sledding. And you know, I think the Lakers' supporting cast is legitimately good, but they were designed to be, I think, very highly complimentary pieces to LeBron and AD. You know, I mean, I, I think they're a very good supporting cast around those guys, but they don't have anybody that was meant to carry a team. You know, Dennis Schroeder is probably their best player right now, and no disrespect to Schroeder. He's, he's a quality, you know, he's a quality complimentary piece to, I think, a, a team that can go far in the playoffs or win a championship, but he's not meant to be a number one. Montrez Harrell is not meant to be a number one. Kyle Kuzma is not meant to be a number one. If those are your three best players, your team likely isn't very good. And, and that's the situation for the Lakers right now. Yeah, well, Coop likes to stick it to me all the time. Um, <laughs> gives me a lot of flack for being a Lakers fan. I get a lot of flack in general because... We're what, why? Why? What's the deal, Coop? Why do you not like him being a Lakers fan? <laughs> oh, it'd be any team. It's not the Lakers. It's any team he supports, I go against. Okay. As a matter right. of policy. Yeah, it's just, I'm a big Colts fan. He does the exact same thing to me. It goes back and forth. Okay. All right. I, I understand now. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went to a Laker game two years ago, and it was one of the most, the best games I've ever been to in my life. Stable uh, Center is amazing. 
Yeah, no, no. Staples, Staples Center when it when it's hopping, it's really hopping, and it doesn't necessarily have the personality of some of these other arenas. But when it gets going, it's really fun. And 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 just to your point about the Lakers as well, uh, it's it's been kind of tough to watch because, like you said, like Trez, he's not um, he's not a starting center. He's not even really a center. He's six seven, uh, if that. And and you know, Schroeder is not a guy that you need to rely on now. The Lakers have absolutely no shooting at all from outside. And this has been a theme for years. And I'm just, I'm hoping that the Lakers can maybe get someone. I think Kyle Lowry would be a fantastic piece. Fantastic. It's probably not going to happen. I don't see how it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I saw Woj put out something today that said, don't count the Lakers out in the pursuit of Kyle Lowry. I'm just, Wishing. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to question Woj. He is far deeper inside all of this stuff than I'll ever be. I just don't see how it could work without it becoming like a three or maybe four team deal. Like, I, I don't see how the Lakers have enough that they could even. I mean, I don't even know if they have the value that Toronto would want, but I don't understand how they would do this in a way that you're not just drastically de- depleting your roster in order to get Kyle Lowry. I mean, like, they. It seems incredibly complicated and unrealistic, but again, like Woj, Woj is way deeper in this stuff than I'll ever be. Uh, that's not the answer I was hoping for, Andy. I'm <laughs> okay, look, for the sake of fun, he's coming. All right, he's coming, and, and the Lakers oh, actually, this is pretty amazing. They didn't really give up anything. Like oh, they, they didn't. Like the league actually allowed them to not match salaries. Like I, I don't understand how they managed to get that waiver, but. We we are owed that because ten years ago we did not get Chris Paul. Yes, hashtag basketball reasons. Hashtag never forget. I understand yeah. where you're coming from. <laughs> I will never. Wow. Forget. No. <laughs> I mean, sure the the Lakers managed to fall ass backwards for like five straight years in the lottery picks, like trying to make the playoffs. But still, they're owed more. The Lakers. <laughs> they say we're entitled as Lakers fans, but. Yeah. No, they're an entitled fan base. They're really knowledgeable, and I think I, I think Lakers, the Laker fan base, is more knowledgeable and smart and passionate and truly loyal than they often get credit for. Like the you know the bandwagon fair weather uh, appearances, I don't think is accurate at all. But they are incredibly entitled. Both things can be true at once. I agree. So you, both you and Coop are in agreement that you don't think it's going to be a very eventful trade deadline. Uh, do you see some of the like the role players maybe on the on the Orlando Magic getting moves like an Evan Fournier or like a Aaron Gordon or other? I, th- I think those guys could be in play. It just generally speaking, I think if you're looking to play the odds, you sh- you would bet on guys not moving just because it's always hard to make these deals happen. And in particular with the Magic, I mean, how many years have we heard about Aaron Gordon being on the block? <laughs> I mean, like, like they, you know, how many years have you heard about, not that I'm hearing anything about him now, but like Nikola Vucevic being on the block? Like, you know, the, the Magic seem like a team where their players permanently reside on the block, which explains a lot about why the organization hasn't really advanced much, why their rosters often feel like the island of misfit toys. Like, I, I think the the fact that their players always seem to be available yet never move explains a lot. 
I I agree. Orlando has so many problems. I've hated their drafts for years. I think they need to trade Aaron Gordon though. This situation seems so miserable in Orlando. Well, he apparently saying it. Yeah. Well, the the athletic reported that he did request a trade. Um. So we'll we'll see where he ends up going. You know, he's been linked to Denver. He's been linked to Boston. You know, Boston is in a position where they need to use their trade exception. You know, I I would think, especially because they 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 allowed. Gordon Hayward to leave for nothing. You know, they had the opportunity by a lot of reports to trade for Miles Turner and apparently weren't interested for reasons I don't understand. But they they need I think they need to do something with that exception. But we'll we'll see what they do. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. It's a lot of teams, like you said, are banking on this buyout. I would think that Andre Drummond <clears throat> Sorry, I would think Andre Drummond carries a little bit more interest in the league. I don't know if the asking price is too high or what, but you, I would think someone like him would be. On a lot Drummond's of hard. Drummond is hard to trade for though because of his salary and, and you know the the having to match that salary, which I think is close to thirty million dollars, just becomes difficult. Okay. Can, can, can you see Laurie Markman getting moved? I think he's been talked about recently. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I like his. Sorry, go. I think it's possible. I'd be a little skittish with him just because he gets hurt a lot um you know he he hasn't really i think progressed the way it seemed like he would when he was a rookie when he really played well but you know the, the i think there's talent there um and you know maybe he could use a, a change of setting something like that but he i would be concerned about his health okay, i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of switch topics just quickly just uh one last bit of topic area uh the tournament march madness Oh, you're um, talking to the wrong guy. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen any of it. No, do you know? Nope. Do you do you normally follow college basketball? Or is it just not n- not since I lost interest in betting on it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, I find an unwatchable product. So no. Oh, geez. Any any prospect that you've heard about? Are you kind of interested in? I about, or? when I say I haven't watched any, uh, well. I mean, like, I can't name a player in college. Okay, okay. There's a Jalen guy in, for Gonzaga, right? Um, Suggs, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm vaguely familiar that he goes to Gonzaga. Andy, you are officially my favorite guest we've ever had on the show now. <laughs> because I agree with you a thousand percent. College basketball is basically unwatchable. A thousand percent. Well, I'm also, I'm not going to pretend that I've been watching this. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I... I a crapshoot. Well, I just... If you want insight into uh, the tournament and the high-end prospects, all that stuff, I just would steer you to literally anybody that isn't me. Okay. <laughs> I respect it. I'm not going to come to you for bracket advice next year then, Andy. No, okay. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciated your, your insight. Um, I definitely hope that you're right, that the Lakers get Kyle Lowry for absolutely nothing. <laughs> I Again... <laughs> Who saw this coming? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I mean, that Rapalinka. Yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy is a genius. He's not just incredibly handsome. He is a genius. <laughs> All right. And um, so, in terms of finding you on Twitter and uh, at Cam Brothers, is where you can find me and my brother Brian, um, the Lando Lakers podcast, which is currently with the Believe Network. And the the late night happy hour is on a short hiatus, um, but we'll we'll be back soon. You'll see announcements for it again at Cam Brothers on Twitter.
Pam with a K. Yep. Absolutely. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope to have you on the show again, and we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Take care, guys. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks again to Andy Kamenetsky for that amazing interview. We really appreciate it. Again, follow him at Cam Brothers on Twitter and subscribe to his podcast, the Lando Lakers podcast by the Kamenetsky brothers. Him and Brian, again, do an excellent job. 100%. And I've been reading his work for their work, I should say, Brian and Andy, for a while, a long time. And they put out some fantastic content. Whether you're a Laker fan or a basketball fan, uh, they give some great contributions and uh, very happy for uh, Andy to join our show. And while you're subscribing to things, please subscribe to our podcast, The Rookie Phenoms on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Rookie Phenoms, Instagram, Facebook. We really appreciate it. For new listeners, we appreciate you trying our show. We hope it was worth it. Yes, I concur. And we... You know, we owe our listeners quite a lot, um, and we love bringing more shows to you guys, especially during trade deadlines and the drafts and things of that nature. So thank you for listening. So look out for more content coming very soon. We put out regular shows all the time. Uh, thank you to the LA Lakers for doing nothing and making Rob sad. I really appreciate that as well. It's great news for me. You're the worst person I've ever met. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great night. We out.